Recording in progress. Okay. Continuing our uh, study still in Hebrew, and we're uh, we're getting there. So, so we're up to chapter eight. Uh, and as we said, you know, again, you might feel or hear or, or see some uh, 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 repetition uh, from chapter seven, eight, nine up to ten. But actually, as we've been seeing, and as we will see more and more, that it, it's actually uh, again the idea of 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 Christ as the, the 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 great high priest and then taking it into sections so again better priest better covenant better better sacrifice <coughs> better uh sanctuary better sanctuary and it, it's very very important to understand that as we talked last time and we we, we stopped uh, a lot uh, about the verse that talks about better hope remember better hope and we said we always we always again we always when we say there's better that means that what we have is not the best right so there's something something better and even later on you when, when we get to hebrews 11 uh the famous chapter of hebrews 11 you see that that St. paul is even talk even talking about better resurrection which is kind of very interesting like so is there a resurrection and a better resurrection what do you mean by that so we'll leave it till that time because that's a big chapter. We'll talk about it then. But it's it's amazing how you can look at the text and see like that uh, they, they were longing for better resurrection. So we'll see what does that mean at that time. As we've been talking about it again, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ as the high priest. And, and again, let's not forget the main reason for that again. Hey guys, how are you? That uh, that uh, he is, he is uh, specifically... Uh, addressing the people or the Hebrews who uh, at one point, again, they believed, they followed, but because of, as we said before, because of the pressure, because of the persecution, they wanted to leave Christ and go back to the old <coughs> ways that they think it might, and it will give them salvation. He's saying, no, don't go there because what you are looking for is actually all in Christ himself. So that's that's where that is, and that's uh, what we've been doing. Chapter seven, as we've talked before, again, uh, we talked a lot about the, the uh, again, who is like, if you remember, we, we said there are three arguments, right? The first argument is the historical argument, which is Melchizedek as the person, as the history, who is that person? What does he mean? Where did he come from? And then we said there is the, 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 the uh, dogma, like the faith itself, the argument about that, like what does he represent and, and how is that relates to, to Christ? And then at the end of the chapter, we said there is the, 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 the practical argument, how that can be actually in our life, right? And, and just to remind you again, the last few verses of, of chapter uh, seven, Hebrews chapter seven, was talking about that idea of from 23 to 28, if you remember, uh, Hebrews 7, let's just read it one more time and then we'll move on to, to what we have today. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. So there has to be too many priests because they are not lasting forever. They will die, so they have to have another one, another one. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he <coughs> continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost or to the fullness, if you remember, those who draw near to good to, to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So consequently, he is able to save, to save 
to the uttermost or to the, to the completion, those who draw near to God through him. So the practical point of this, of all what we're talking about, or who he is, that he is the way to, 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 to do what to us, to draw us near to, to God, to the Father. Right? Again, as he said, there is no other way. Right? He is able to save us to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And then he continues again, we're just finishing or complete or, or, or linking end of chapter seven to what we do right now. Nadir and Nora, welcome. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such <coughs> a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did sin, did this once for all when he offered up himself. And then comes verse 28, for the law appoints men in their weakness as high priest, but he, or but the word of the oath, which came later than the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. And, 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 and <coughs> that, that teaches a lot, a son who has been made perfect forever. What does that mean? What does that mean forever? forever and made perfect. Again, did he need to be made perfect? <coughs> Was he imperfect and then something happened to make him perfect? We've talked about this before, if you remember. What does it mean? He was already perfect, but then it later like, came to the realization like his uh, mission was fulfilled. Yes, his mission was perfect, right. Yes, that's as as I said before. That's actually one part we say. The priest will will pray that uh, inaudibly towards the end of the of the of the. Uh, hey guys, how are you? Towards the end of the liturgy, right before communion, it said Camulet, it was finished. The the work of your grace it was finished. So when we talked here again, when we talk here again, or when Saint Paul talks here again about that, that he was made perfect. Not it was not that. Welcome. How are you? Uh, not that that he was imperfect and he was made perfect, but no. So we're, we're just, you know, linking end of chapter seven to chapter eight. So talking about uh, Hebrews seven, verse eight, for the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. And we're saying that has been made perfect doesn't mean that he was imperfect and somehow he became perfect, but his work became perfect, became finished, became complete. So perfect and complete are always kind of parallel to each other in the, in the, in the book of Hebrews, right? So if his mission has been perfected, what does that mean to us? What do you think? And what does it, what does it mean to the people that, that St. Paul is addressing at that point? Remember again, they were trying to go back again to their own ways to find a way. So he's saying like, it's already what? Complete. It's already complete. Yes, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the mindset of the writer here, St. Paul always, you know, perfect, perfect or complete or finished, kind of all pretty much the same, the same idea, right? So with that, we go on to chapter eight, but he's gonna actually, as he always does, kind of like, set up the basis and the foundation for what's next, right? For what's next. So he's done with him as the Melchizedek, done with the argument of him as, you know, who is that person historically and how is that, you know, parallel or type of Christ? How is that mindset, that faith 
of him who is offering himself once and for all? And how is that practical for us as we continue knowing that he finished that already? So now he is moving on to something else, which is both actually parallel to each other, better sanctuary and better what? Covenant. Better sanctuary and better covenant. We'll talk more about better covenant. I mean, he's just gonna hint about better sanctuary, but we'll talk about it later also in the next chapter, right? But, but better covenant is basically what he's talking about. And we'll find out what is, why, why is it better? What does it mean? What's the difference between the covenant of of, of, of Moses and of the people in the Old Testament in Exodus and between them, right? In order again to remind them again one point, one more time that there is no way and there's no need for you. You cannot just think that you can go back again to your old ways that you think it will make you safe to escape persecution. <coughs> Excuse me, to escape persecution. Good evening. Good evening, Prince, Prince, <laughs> always Prince, Kiro. Love you. Just to show you who's here, just to give you a round, just, just for Kira. <laughs> Say hi, everyone. <laughs> and you can see yourself on the screen. Also. <laughs> Don't do like those uh, people in the games. Yeah. <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> so Hebrews 8, let's start reading. And, and, and with that mindset, let's see what he's talking about and what, is, what does he want to actually uh, point out here. And again, you know, unless this is very relevant to us, then there's no point of studying, right? So we're not just studying theology or studying history, but how and what does that mean to us? So um, Hebrews chapter eight from the beginning, let's just read the full thing, 13 verses, but, uh, and again, as I said before, you know, between seven, eight, nine, and maybe 10, we're just gonna go as a thematic more than just verse by verse, because it just, it's just one unit, we cannot just really uh, separate it, right? So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, on that. Now the point, now the point in what we are saying is this. He's summarizing, you know, been talking about this forever, right? And then he took a pause at one point and kind of like gave it to them. You are babes, you can't understand anything. How long are you going to stay like this? And then he went back again to the idea. And now he's just kind of, again, like, okay. Now the point in what we are seeing, the point of what we've been discussing, is we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Sound repetitive again? Okay, well, we know, like you said this already. So what's the point, right? That's okay, let's just go with it. A minister in the holy places, remember, and, and, and focus on the text. A minister where? In the holy places. In the true tent. Again, we have the tent and the true tent, right? The better and the best. So normal and the better. Right? That the Lord set up, not man, for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Right? So, if every priest is offering, and we're saying that Christ is a new priest, a Melchizedek, so he has to, to offer something. So, what is he offering? Now, if we were on earth, again, the text is very, very, very. Uh, yes, puzzling. Yes, I can see your face, Smyrna. Yes. Now, if we, if, sorry, not he, not we. Now, now, if he were on earth, we would not be a priest at all. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Why is that? Because he's what? Tribe of Judah. He's not the tribe of Levi. So there is no way he could be 
a priest. So if he was on earth, right? If he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to, to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. So Moses didn't just build the tent by himself. He was actually literally shown what? A model, right? When he went on the tent on the, on the mountain with God, God actually showed him this. And somehow he kind of like memorized everything and went down to the I'll do everything according to the model, right? There wasn't, uh, it didn't take a, a picture or a screenshot or whatever. It just kind of like, it's all here and I'm going and to do everything. But that, that's very important concept because that means that the tent that he made was actually what? A copy of the things that he's seen, right? And that's why if you read this and if you read Revelation, you see again, the new heaven, and all the, the, the walls and the, and the doors and the, the, the altar, like a parallel to the tabernacle, right? So already Moses was doing something, which is what a shadow and a type of it, right? They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, see what you make everything according to the pattern that, you shown, that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is Christ, has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent, again, much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better. Since it is enacted on better promises. He is saying the covenant is better because it was it was based on what? Better? Better promise, right? So there is a better covenant because it's on a better promise. Okay. Since it is enacted, Mm. On better promises. Sorry, somebody saying something? No? Should I continue? Okay. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them when he says, behold, the day are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So he's saying that God himself at one point, this part is actually in Jeremiah 31, <coughs> that God himself on the, the, the mouth of, of, of Jeremiah, the prophet, at one point said, okay, there has to come the time for a new covenant, right? So... That's what he said, for he finds fault with, the, with them when he says, and we'll talk about what does it mean he finds fault with them. Was the covenant bad? Was the covenant faulty? We'll, we'll discuss this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord. All this is a quote from Jeremiah. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord. For they shall all know me. For the, from the least 
of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. This is the new covenant, right? We'll talk about it actually more. And then he ends, this is St. Paul. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. That means that the new one is what? Everlasting. So that's what he's saying. That the old is vanishing, but the new one is everlasting. Okay. So what is, what is this all about? What is this all about? What do you think? I want to hear from you first before I go on with, 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 the, main, with the main theme of the, of, the, of the text. You know, I just wanted to read the text first as the scripture itself, because I always believe that just reading the scripture opens our mind and opens our heart. So as you read it, what comes to your mind? Again, there's nothing, you know, right or wrong. Just say what's on your mind. In summary, it's, again, the beginning of establishing Christ as the high priest, and then the rest of it is kind of comparing the old covenant to the new covenant. Right, right. He's establishing again, re-emphasizing again, the fact that we, again, as he said, the end of this, right, the summary of this that we have, high priest, right? And then he adds a little bit additions to the high priest, again. And then he goes on to what's the function again of the high priest and basically and mainly the covenant. Because that if there is a new high priest, that means that the old is not good enough. Right? So that's the better. Right? And then he makes that comparison between the, the old and the new and the characters of that new covenant. And again, what does that mean to us? What else? This is, this is the core of our relationship with God, by the way. This, this particular chapter, again, don't just take it as, okay, it's an information, it's okay, good to know, it's maybe maybe kind of theology or whatever, but no, I think it, it, it lays down and points out the actual corners of the relationship between man and God. And we'll see that how that is, but, but I want you to look at it this way as you read, as you read. What else? They did not keep the covenant with, with God and like the, the after he took them out of Egypt, that's when they worship God and all of right. that. That's a very good point here, yeah, Judge. Excuse me, Juliana. What? I don't know, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> don't mind me. That's a very good point because actually that's the reason, the reason of that the old covenant is faulty or wrong it was not God. It was who? The people. People couldn't hold on to the covenant. It wasn't a bad covenant from God. So God said, okay, let's, let's try one more time. No. The problem, as he says here, and we'll, 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 we'll stress on this more and more, but just something to keep it in mind, that the, the problem it wasn't in the covenant or in God. The problem was what? Was what? With the people. So as, as I'm saying, just, just, what did I say? As I'm saying this, sorry, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> as I'm saying this, just keep in mind how many times we blame God, right? On not being able to hold on to the covenant, Because right? according to what we'll realize today, what we'll summarize today, that's a perfect covenant, right? But what, what we do is we go back again to, the old, right? 
Keep this in mind. What else? Marianne, welcome. Say something. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Anything else can, came to your mind as we're reading the text? Um, I kind of feel like it shows a huge comparison between the old and the new covenant, especially uh, with verse 12 when it says, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I'll remember them no more versus like how like the law of Moses was like more harsh or like more uh, like you had to do a lot in order for your sins to be forgiven versus this it's like once you repent like they're completely forgiven and yes government of mercy yep definitely yes yes but there's even much more much more into that we'll talk about it more later but that's a that's a great point there it's it's a covenant of mercy it's, you know i will you know forgive or have compassion right okay anything else anybody wants to add anything um, so yes. as um, okay, go Darin first. No, it's okay. They can go. I don't know what that is. They can go. Okay, go to the end. They say like the new covenants, they say know the Lord, like everybody would know the Lord, and nobody needs to go and tell each other his neighbor like know the Lord. Yes. So by know the Lord, like Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the perspective that we're looking at? Everybody during their lifetime will know who the true God is, but then they choose to pick him. Great point. You're jumping ahead. So I know it's no, it's it's a great point. It's a great point because actually the origin itself and the language is different when we read this. So that, that's a that's a huge point. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But just to hold, hold the thought for now. Yes, Doreen. We didn't hear what she said. Uh, the, the, the part which says that, the, that everybody would know the Lord. So what kind of knowledge, basically, what you're asking, right? Just like the perception of just knowing God or what, what does it mean? So I'm saying that that's a huge, actually, point. We'll get to it in just a few minutes here as we talk about we talk about this. Okay. <clears throat> so back again to, 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 to the text. He's, 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 uh, building up the point and the case that's exactly what he's saying he's building the case that that he is the high priest right and because he is the better and the and the, and, and and the high priest he has something else to offer right and because he has something else to offer now it's up to us whether to take this or not right but before that he 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 in the beginning he kind of like hints about a couple of things that are very important in adding more character, adding more information, adding more uh, uh, um, um, points to that function of the high priest. And that's why he starts the, the, the text with that. Now, the point in what we are seeing is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne. So what does he talk about here? Saying he is seated at the right hand of the throne. That he is what? Who sit on a throne? King, right? So number one, as we said before, which is doesn't always happen or never happen in the Old Testament, that the high priest is always a 
king. So now he's saying, no, he's not just a high priest. Remember also that he is, he's enthroned, right? And with that, he comes to do what? Is there a king without a kingdom? No, no. So in, in, he's building that mindset that remember, he's not just a high priest, but he is enthroned. That means that he is a king. And if he is a king, he wants to have what? Kingdom. And the kingdom is who? Us, right? So that's one thing. He is seated at the right hand of the throne, in, of the majesty in heaven, again. And the majesty of heaven is, is, is actually getting their mind to do what? Like, don't look at earth, right? Don't look, don't look back at the, your tabernacle. Don't look back at your sanctuary. Don't look back at your temple because there is much, much more majesty, more glory, right? So he's, he's, he's kind of like playing with their thoughts with that, running and, 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 and giving them something to think about and something to actually to compare. Like here, here you go. Remember that he's enthroned. He's a king. He is in all the majesty of in heaven, right? Right hand of the throne always is the is the is the power, right? So here again, again, as as he he started from chapter one, he's talking about Christ, the Son of God, right? This is number one. Number two, that's a very very good good point, Emirna. Why? Because he's talking again to whom? Hebrews, right? Assuming that they all know the the book, right? And that clicks right away with one couple or maybe two or three great visions in the Old Testament that talks about what? The son of man, right? Remember Daniel? Remember Isaiah? Remember, right? They remember the vision of Daniel? When I saw the old, the, the, the old age and then they brought to him like the son of man and he sat on the right hand. So he's, he's actually, actually again telling them that I'm not bringing something new. This is all what the Old Testament is talking about. Right? Go back to Daniel. Go back to uh, uh, Isaiah. Go back to Jeremiah. Go back to all those big uh, visions about, about the, the, the second person, about the Son of God. Right? So he's reminding them of that. It links. Again, to us it might not. But if for, for a Jewish person who knows the, the Torah, knows the scripture, knows the prophets, and knows something that's very, very obvious and very strong like, like Daniel's uh, a vision that definitely rings a bell right away. Right? A minister in a holy places. Abuna. Yes. So why does it say is seated at the right hand and not sits at the right hand? Or is it different in the original language? Seated is sit. It's 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 the main the, the same meaning that he's sitting, right? It implies a little bit that he is seated like someone seated him. No, he's not seated as he is. No, it's, 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 uh, if, if it does, then he was seated by, because it says right there, by, by the father, right? Mm. Yes. At the end of verse two, it says this, the same the same thing that the Lord set up. Uh, sorry, uh, yes. <clears throat> he is talking about about the, the real tent that was set up by God, but he's still saying that he is the Son of God, right? 
in in the original, I think it just says that he is seated, not he's been seated, like not in like the the third uh, person. Who is seated? It's like in the. Um, no, in the original has taken his seat, so he 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 sat, right? So it's not like yeah. So he 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 he, and that that goes back again to chapter to chapter four, which he said like we have a high priest that went through the heavens, right? Mm -hmm. Went through the heavens. So he's 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 giving that 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 picture and the image of of the king and the high priest who is taking his seat, right? And then he goes on as a minister. And the, the, the word minister actually is very, very interesting because it's, it's, it's the idea of, uh, of, of serving. And that's where we take it in, in, in orthodoxy, which is the, 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 the liturgia or liturgius. Liturgos is, is, is the word, minister, liturgos, which is, again, working for the people and with the people, right? And that's the same word, liturgia, which is, you know, erg, which is the work, and liturgy, which is the people, so the work of the people together. So it's saying that he is actually a high priest for what? For the people, for the people, right? And it's, it's interesting to see that this is actually, you know, the Greek word that we are using in the, the, the defining our 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 church services as liturgical because he is that one who performs that liturgia, right? He's the minister. Again, when 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 you read this in English, it doesn't have that meaning at all. But especially if, if you are in the Orthodox Church or have a background of Orthodoxy, that kind of link, like okay, that 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 makes sense. Why now we're saying liturgy, right? For every, and then he goes on for every high priest appoints to offer gifts and sacrifice. Again, he's saying the same idea that he has something to, 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 to offer. But with that, he's pointing out something that's very important. Again, as we said early on, that the problem with the, with, with, with the Old Testament, with the Old Covenant, wasn't, wasn't God or the covenant itself. It was what? The people who were not able to. Right? And, and you can see this actually... You can read it very, very uh, clear in, in the book of Exodus. So I just wanna, want you to go back to the book of Exodus, chapter 24, and uh, read from, somebody can read from one till three, from one to three, and, and, and tell me what, what, who can pick up what, what's, what's happening here. Exodus 24, from one to three. Go ahead, Yusuf. I was gonna say, go ahead, Moses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, yes. He said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keep this in your mind. All the work that the Lord has said we will do. Not only that, look at the text back again to, 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 to Hebrews. Look again at verse 10. Look at read verse 10. 
Ned, read verse 10, please, for me. Nether, can you hear me? Yep, I can. Sorry, I'm just okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. And then, uh... okay, yes. So, what's what's the difference here? What's what's the parallel and the paradox also between? 24, Exodus 24, 3, and between Hebrews 10. First one, the people were doing yes. Yes. Thank you. First one, they said the people said, we will do. Right? Here it says, how many times it says, I will? How many times in one verse? Three. Three. And actually, if you, if you, if you count from eight till 12, there are six times, I will. Right? For for, for he finds fault with them when he says, behold, this is verse eight. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant. Somebody can count with me. And with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with the fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant I will make. I will put my laws and write them. I will be their God. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me, for from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful towards their enemies, and I will remember their sins no more. Six times. So, yes, you're going to say something. Myrna. Uh, uh, in, in Exodus, when you were reading it, like Moses had to go back and take yes. off the Yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. You couldn't, you couldn't come close. Yes, Vernus, Vernus. Something is. Vernus is saying that in the Old Testament, what just what we just read in Exodus, is is that people could not even come close, and that's exactly what what this is all about, right? That through the high priest we can come close. That's what he said. That since we have a great high priest, we can come. Right, boldly to the to the throne. Right, but look again at the at, at the comparison between comparing between the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant again. Why was it bad? Because the people could not do it. They said in the beginning, "We will do." Right, we will do. So after he received the commandment, after he received the covenant, he came down to the people and told them everything as it says. And then the people said, "Okay." They said all oh, with one voice. All the words that the word that the, that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Right? But then you see again Hebrews here, and you see Jeremiah actually 31, and you see that there is something different. Right? So let, let's stop at this point and see exactly how we deal with God. Okay. Let's just put the people of Israel aside, let's put the Hebrews aside, put Moses aside, and let's just put talk about ourselves. Right? Like what's the challenge? And how many times, how often do we say, like the people of Egypt? In Egypt, we will do. And how many times you believe that he will do? Right? How, how, what does that mean in a practical way? And what are the, the obstacles if we, if we don't? And how we can say, okay, yes, he will do, but you know what? Okay, so what's my point? Right? 
Like, you know, I know that he will do, but you know. So what's the dynamic of this, of that? What do you think? Yes, yes, our real life, our real struggle, our, our actual, you know, trials and errors that we keep doing. And at one point we, we just like, you know, we give up, right? Speak up I think in general with sin, like we would say, for example, I will not lie again. The part where I say I will, that's where the issue comes along because then you're depending on your own strength and not the grace of God. And then I personally noticed in my spiritual struggle that when I say I will, I notice that God then takes away the grace. Mm -hmm. So then the struggle becomes even harder. But then mm -hmm. when I say that through the grace of God, I will not commit the sin again or whatever, then I notice that he gives me more grace. So then right. the struggle is not as hard. Yes. So the struggle is, is, again, it's not my fight, although in a way it's my fight, but what you're saying, it's much more encouraging, right? Because I'm not just taking it on my own abilities, right? What else? And here we're coming towards, you know, the, 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 the New Year's Eve and lots of I will things happening at the time, right? <laughs> I will do this, I will do this, I will never do that again, I will stop doing this, right? And I always, always, you know, ask myself and ask people like, how long does that last, right? So what else? So Abuna, when, um, when we realize that it's all by him, what would be our role only pray about the struggle? That, that was my question. <laughs> but definitely not. And I, I want to hear from you all first before, before we comment on that. Because I think it's all, again, it's all in the scripture. As you say, the, the Bible always explains the, 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 the message itself. I think when we encounter struggles, um, we don't spend enough time seeking his will and like truly learning his will and how to carry that out. But we rather just try to take control of it ourselves by whatever means possible. Right. And then a lot of times doesn't align with his will. His will. Right. And then we lose faith because of it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I think it, it goes along a lot with our pride, our just prideful nature that you know we, we we don't want to be failure. We don't want to, you know, fall, or we don't experience, you know, that we are not able to keep up to or whatever that, that that's that's needed from us. So we we try more and more, harder and harder, right? Or because of our pride, also just we quit. We don't try. That doesn't make any sense. Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have, like what's what is it for me? I'm just talking to a person. Like, like what's the point? If everybody else that's living their life is actually living a good life and they're enjoying their time. And me, I'm trying to reach Christ and I'm not, I'm not able to, number one. I am always guilty, number two. I am not enjoying anything, whether enjoying the world or enjoying Christ. So I might as well enjoy the world. It's very logic, <laughs> you know? It's very logic. Like I keep beating up myself and I keep saying this and I keep saying this, I'm, I'm, I'm not able to reach any point. So I might as well just do like others. That's the better hope that we were talking about before. There's a better hope, okay? But that's, that's the thing, Myrna. <laughs> <Not Vernon. laughs> 
Who's Verna even? I have no idea who's Verna. But that's the point, is we have to take the whole package together, right? As a high priest, he is a king. As a king, he needs a kingdom. As a kingdom, we need to obey him, right? As a high priest also, we need to, to, to offer with him. So that comes back to, to Doreen's question, like what is it for us to do, right? We are offering, because in a way, that's what St. Peter said, we talked about this last time, that we are also priests. So as a priest, you have something to offer. Every priest has to offer something. So what are you offering? And as the great high priest, he's, as it says here, he's always what he's, his ministry is where, and this is very, very important. What is his ministry? According to the scripture here, to, to, what, to what we just read. In the, holy in, the, in the holy places, in heaven, right? So he's not just, he did his job and that's it at one point. What does that mean that his ministry is what? Continuous. It continues. He's ministering for us all the time. Right? We're always, sorry, sorry guys, but no, no offense, but, but we're very much impacted with the Western theology. That he was done on the cross one time and that's it. No, yes, it is. Yes, he was done on the cross, but he continues to do what? To work, right? So that, that's why, that's what we mean by it's a living sacrifice. It's not a new sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. The same sacrifice that, he's, that he did is still working. And that's why we have a better hope because when we are down, instead of saying, okay, I'm just gonna quit. There's no point of that. I'm just gonna go enjoy my life with my friends, with my, with my whoever is doing anything out there. And just kind of like, I wanna just, just stop talking to me about this. Just, just it's a waste of time. Okay. No, we can't say that because we know that he is continuing to do what? To work. And again, ministering meaning what? Meaning the work of the? People. So that's back again to your point, Darin. He is working with us. That's why we say in the liturgy, be a co-worker with your servants in every good thing. Right? Co-worker. Be a co-worker with your servant. We're asking him to be a co-worker with us. And that's why I'm saying this is very, very relevant to our relationship and to our struggle because we, we don't look at it this way. We look at it again as just do's and don'ts. Very boring, very meaningless, very everything, right? Very hard, very heavy, very exhausting, with no hope, right? Or the maximum thing that I can hope for is I'll be a better person. I will change my confession every time I go to a book. I'm not gonna say the same thing again. Okay. <laughs> well, it's great, yes, but why? Hmm? Upgrade, <laughs> yes. So that's what he's saying here. Remember that he is continuing to minister. He's continuing to minister. And this by itself is just amazing. That concept by itself, I think as simple as it is, it's not, it's not there, right? And because of that, he, 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 he points, he brings back Jeremiah 31 again when he talks about, okay, here is the real deal. Here's, number one, it's all about me, about 
God not about? I will, not you. But definitely that means, because that's what he paused about a couple chapters before, that means you have to, to grow up. You have to, it all depends on how much you want to grow up. Are you, <coughs> you wanna stay still as a babe? Or you wanna, you're willing to grow, right? And we all know that there is, there is something called what growing what? Exactly. There's pain, right? But we don't want to take it. We don't want to go through it. We're just comfortable where we're at. And that's it. While he is continuous and continuing to do it, to minister. So just imagine this again. Yes, he's done here, right? But because of our weakness, he is continuing that work in heaven, right? He just wants us to do what? To grow up with him, to be up to the job. But he said, no, no, you continue to work in heaven. You know what? I'm uncomfortable here on earth. And that's why he says, again, he, he kind of kind of gives like some kind of description in the in the first verse, seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. So again, like 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 just think about that. Right? Behold, the days are coming, again, from, from verse 8. Declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel. So number one, that covenant is based on whom? Based on God. Number two, where is that covenant? What is the core, or what is the field, the playground, if I may say, of that covenant? Where is it? Yes, internally. Thank you, Merlin. <laughs> when I establish a new covenant with the house of Israel, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day, for they did not continue. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my laws in. So it's all about what? Internal work, right? The covenant of Moses was what? External, right? Not kill, do not commit adultery, do not, do not, do not. Again, it wasn't wrong, but at that time or later on with, with the continuous corruption of the nature of, of the human being that wasn't able to, as we said before, it wasn't able to, yes, wasn't able to, 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 to heal, right? And he realized that, that's why he said, okay, now you need something better, better covenant. Yes. With a lot of times I would, for example, fasting. They're like, okay, that's something that you do externally. Why would you do it if it doesn't have to do with like internal? This is the new covenant. Like my answer would be that fasting helps the spirit, so it alters the mind to focus on God more. But like, what's the most like logical <coughs> answer that would correspond with the new covenant? That's a great point. Juliana, not only for fasting, but for all our practices, right? I, I read it one time, I think it was Father uh, Archimedes Wright, Zechariah Sakari from, from the Russian Orthodox Church, where he says that the disaster that we do everything outside the heart, even prayers, because it's a disaster. The disaster that we do everything 
outside of the heart, even our prayers. Meaning what? Meaning we just do things. Yes, I can fast, I can serve, I can do whatever, but it's all just external. Right? So absolutely, yes, you know, you know, when people just or think that we're just doing things from the external or from the outside, yes, there's no point to that. It's not gonna get me anywhere. But the understanding and the and the and the and the uh, and the reaction would be or the answer would be sorry I'm doing this thing again would be uh, that that the real the real uh, fasting is the fasting of the heart and that's what Saint John Chrysostom says right he said that the 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 physical or the flesh the fasting of the flesh will end but the fast, fasting with the of the heart will never will never end right so when when I have the right mindset of the of the fasting then, then I'm actually offering myself. That becomes another offer, Julian. As I'm a priest, I'm offering. This is what I'm offering to God, right? And uh, thank you. And not only that, that I'm offering something, but I'm actually uh, training myself for for self control, right? So training, and not only I was just reading something about this today. That that the beauty of orthodoxy that all those things we cannot do it individually, but we can do it all as as a group fellowship and that's why again yes you know everybody by the way fast right all the protestant churches they have their own fasting right so you want to have an issue just fast on your own basically fasting right but but the beauty of fasting altogether is that we are actually sharing something together and we're offering one 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 sacrifice together right and we are reminding each other Right when we come and 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 when we when we are uh, uniting together in prayers, we say that it's not just about the fasting of the of the flesh, not just the food. Right. So and we potentiate each other. We 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 encourage each other. Right. When we do that. So that's that's the thing. Is everything can be done outside the heart, and it can be a disaster. Yes. Why does the church put such a Say again, why does the church? So like we fast two thirds of the year. Yes. All together. So why do we have such a high quantity if it matters about the health? Because that's another thing that I asked you. Because the quantity needs to because because the 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 the, the church is is pushing the people to live a certain lifestyle, right? And that certain lifestyle is the life of detachment, of I don't care, right? Like, I don't want this, but okay, if I have it, okay, right? So by, by, by focusing on something like that, right? Although we're not just saying this by itself, we're saying this, yes, there are too many fasting, but through all the fasting, we're repeating the same message again, it's not about food, right? So both has to go together, right? The, 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 the number of fasting, again, as you see the cycle, and I don't want to get into that because it's a little bit off the topic, but as you see the cycle of the calendar of the church, you see that it is preparation for, for something, right? Fa all the fasting ends by a feast, right? So, you know, like, like what we're doing right like next week, you know, in order to prepare for nativity, we are preparing ourselves, right? So the fasting comes as a reminder. Again, it's not just about the food, 
but as a reminder that am I really ready to celebrate Christmas? And what does that mean to me? Right? Is he really the one that is fulfilling and giving the contentment and giving the hope and giving all what we're talking about right now or not? Right? So it is, it is the 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 as if I may say the orthodox lifestyle, right? Of of how to 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 the church is actually pushing me to think more about the heaven, as St. Paul says. And this is all biblical, not, not just like fathers or anything. No, it's the St. Paul said, if we were risen with Christ, let us. Yes, Tom. <laughs> So initially from the days of Adam, right, I think God's intention was to be able to give us that mind where we constantly think about him, right? So we can be able to spend time with him. So because of the fall, right, the church has actually helped us to be able to try to concentrate our thoughts and mind towards God. And the best way to do it is to let go of the things that's keeping us down. So it's just the fact that we have the mind of Christ. So we are supposed to be actually thinking about him because he knows heaven. But we can be thinking about him. Yeah, so the first thing comes as that, that reminder of what kind of life we should live, right? The problem, again, is not the first thing. The problem is how we practice, right? So comes comes to, to another part, which, which you, you hinted on, Juliana, early on, which is, again, that, that covenant, again, as you said, number one, it's from God. Number two, it is internal, right? That's what we're seeing. Number three, it is what? <coughs> it's a covenant of grace and mercy, as we said, right? That your sins will be I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember the sins no more. So it's, it's, it's a covenant based on, on love and mercy, right? A covenant that's based on something that's very important also, which what you talked about or asked about early on, which is verse 11. Let's, let's stop at this for just the next few minutes here before we conclude. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the gate. What do you think that is? That's part of the covenant, by the way, right? What does that mean? We shall not teach each one his neighbor. Well, we all need teachers, right? And we all, that's what we're doing, we're teaching. But what does it mean, actually? Hmm? Not really, no. Not that only God will be the one who's teaching. No, teaching is by what? By deeds. Hmm? By acts and deeds. By deeds. Yes. It will be obvious. Right? When Because that is coming after what? I'll put my laws in their minds and, and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God. It will be, it will be obvious. It will be already what? Remember, where was, the, where was the law printed on in the old covenant? On the tablets. And they had to actually read it. Right? To teach. If it's written on our hearts, what does that mean? The deeds will show, the works will show, right? I don't want to see you or don't have to actually ask you if you are Christian or not. 
your life is as that's exactly what St. Paul says. Your life is what? An open message. That's exactly what St. Paul says. Not written on stones, but written on flesh. That's what St. Paul says. So at one point, when 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 we are living that covenant, there is no need to teach in a way. Yes, there is always a need to teach, but there's no need to teach his covenant. Right? That's what he's talking about. It will be open, obvious. That's exactly what we say when we say about the fifth gospel. You, you've, you've heard that, 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 that term before, right? There is a fifth gospel. Yes. What is the fifth gospel? Each one of us. Yes. Right? Open gospel. Right? Some people or some places don't even have a chance and have a choice to read the fourth gospel. But they have a chance to what? To witness the fifth gospel all the time. So are we the fifth gospel or not? Can, can this verse actually apply on us? Yes, his words were imprinted, were, were, were put in my heart, in my heart. So I will become a talking and walking sermon already. Right? Yes. Question. Yes, Thomas. Um, is this also the same thing as this having conscience, you know, where you can be able to tell evil the conscious, as the church always teach, is a very low level of awareness. It is 100% potentiated by whom? By the Holy Spirit. Right? So there is, there is a difference. So when, when, when he says that, that the, 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 my words or, or the, uh, I will put my laws into their hearts, the word of God is spirit, as we say. And as he said, the word of God is spirit and life, right? So when the word of God is our, in my heart, then the, 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 the one that is directing my heart and my conscience is the word of God, which is the spirit, right? And that's why we see, again, it's another reason for continuing to read them. Because yes, the words are written on the heart, but you know what? It needs to be rediscover that we need to have the three encounter and and, and 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 sitting with the word of god daily right because that is the core of that of that covenant right so that's what he means here by no one will teach his neighbor because again the neighbor is the people are sitting together people are sharing something together right you will see god in me and i will see christ in you Right? You'll see the law. You can read the law on my behavior. I'm not just saying something, you know, on, 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 on Sunday and living a different life the rest of, of, of the week. No. No. Right? And then, he had, yes, even though you said that's a low level of um, what he's trying to say here as far as like knowing between right and wrong, knowing whether or not to murder somebody or not. Yes. A lot of. Um, People in apologetics may really hit on that argument for people who um, it, it comes up as like, okay, how do you know what's right and wrong? Right. Um, and I always think it's interesting. Uh, and then that verse always comes up that you know, the law is written on your hearts. Right. And um, I think that argument a lot of people have trouble with, but it also wins a lot of people over. Right. Like, okay, where do, we, where do we get that from? Right. Um, yes. How do people know right from wrong? 
Right. Again, if you see an atheist in the street and then you tell him, okay, go kill your neighbor, said, no, I can't do that. Right. right? So how is that initial, you know, rejection to evil? Where is that from? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely from God. Right? Because we all created by God and we have that. But again, what can potentiate that or what can actually, you know, uh, direct that more and more, right? Yeah. Is the work of the spirit. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. That's the last thing that I want to mention here in, in that verse. And each one, his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. That's your question, Julian, right? Know the Lord, for the all, the all shall know me. Looking at, as I was reading this, and and uh, and looking at the, the 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 text, the no here is two different words in Greek, so it's not the same word. So the first one, uh, everyone say to his brother, saying, "Know the Lord." This no is the gnosko, which is from from gnosis, gnosis, which is knowledge, just just the normal knowledge, right? To learn, to know. Uh, to become known, to understand. So this is the first one. Interestingly, when you look at the rest of the of the of the of the text in the original, for all will know me. Know me here is idol, not gnosis. Different word, which actually has more uh, uh, implications of of actual knowledge, intimate knowledge. Right. So say yes. Everybody yes will say okay. Yes, you 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 you're doing good or you're living by the law. Okay, it must be good. I can I can know God from you in that way, but that's not enough. He wants to take it to the different level, the other level or the upper or the higher level, which is the word that he's used in the second passage, which is idisonin, which is the word idol, which means again uh, perceive. To, to turn the mind, to pay attention, to observe. See the difference? Again, in English and Arabic, okay, to know. Okay, it's the same one. But no, it's, that's why we need to study the word. Right? Unless we study this way, we're never going to see, like, no, wait a minute. It's not just a repetition of the word. No, it's actually saying something. That's, yes, I, I, I can see or I can know God in a way from your behavior, but that's not going to change me, right? Unless I want to change, that will take me to the different kind of knowledge, right? Which is knowing by the mind, right? Intimate. That's the yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty of the of the original language, right? Because you can you can never pick this up from just okay, okay, from just the same word written twice. But no, why is it why is it different? Why didn't you use the same word again, right? So that's what he's saying. And that's also what's on us. Like, are we, is, is our kind of knowledge just kind of to know, right? Like gnosis or the idols, right? By the way, idols related to, to, to uh, in, in Hebrew, yada, which is actually the same word as, as we said before, the same word that is used between a husband and a wife, to know. So, so and so knew his wife and they begot so and so. Is that intimate relationship, right? You see it again in the same in Arabic and in English, but the actual word yada is actually used for the for the 
for the intimate relationship when a man knows his wife and they begot a child. That's for the second one. That's for the second one. Yes. So that's what he's trying to talk about here. This whole chapter is about that. And speaking in a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready, vanish away. Another, another word uh, on this particular verse that, uh, that, uh, that uh, new here doesn't mean uh, new in time, but new in quality, right? Again, there, there are two words uh, on new. And, and, and that one here is not meant uh, new in uh, like new in age or new in time or new in something old by age. No, new by quality. Okay. It's what's why the Greek is amazing. Also, you know, you can again the same word here. Okay, uh, what's becoming? What is new? No, it's not new because it's 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 time wise. It's after. No, it's new because it's the quality is different. Yusuf, yes. I have a question. Just five minutes we have. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry in advance. Yes. So before the chapter, everything was like all the verbs were like active and continuous. In this one, it is I will, I will, I will, and then he ends it with. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away, rather than is vanishing away. And I wanted to ask, why is he? Why did he change? The verbs from something continuous and active to something that will happen and that's ready to vanish away instead of already ongoing. Okay, very good. Did you guys hear the, 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 the question? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so I will is a continuous, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a continuous work, as we said. His ministry is continuing, right? So, and that, that because of our own struggle, we need, we need that continuous living sacrifice. Again, that's why we, we talked about this last time. That's why we need continuously to be, to partake from the Eucharist, for example, right? Because that work is going on and still going, right? Again, the same idea of the salvation in orthodoxy that we're saved, we are being saved, we will be saved, right? So that's a continuous, that's why here it said like, okay, I wrote my, I will, I will, I will, I will, right? This is this is one. Number two, as as we're seeing here at the end of the of the of the chapter, that and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Why is that? That's a very good point. Why do you think the 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 the, the language is like this here, or the script the scripture is like this? Which verse? We have to choose it. Yes, yes, because it can stay, right? And becomes your new, right? But being you are rejecting this all the time, it is always a process of what? Of vanishing. That's the struggle, right? It's not just, okay, one time said, okay. Yes, in a way, at one, at one point, all of us made the decision, right? Whether we were baptized into or we, we renewed or at one, point, at one point, we all have to or need to, and if it didn't happen, we need to have that moment of like, what? I will change my mind. Right? I need to really commit my life to Christ. And I need to commit, I need to renew that. Right? By doing this, that old is being vanished. Right? Because if I don't do that, the old will become exactly the idea of what take off the old man and put the new man. Right? 
take off the old man is not just one time deal, one time deal. Right? I continue to take off the old man. It's an order, take off, take off. And put on is continuous. Make sense? It's a great Abuna. point. Thank you. Abuna? Yes. So back to Yusuf's question when he was asking, uh, something came to my mind, but I don't know if it's right or wrong. So he was asking why it's all I will, I will. Um, I just thought because all of this was quoted from the Old Testament and that didn't happen yet. Well, one of them was, it's a prophecy, as you're saying. Right, but still, even in the language itself, it's still present, right? So in a way, yes, that was a prophecy from Jeremiah that this will happen at the time, but when we read it now, it's still continuing to happen. So, the, the, and, 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 and that's exactly what we say, every time you eat, right? As, as I said before, the verb itself, eat in, in Greek means what? Continue to eat, not just eat one time, right? Which again, it's, it's, it's beyond just reading the text. No, it's not just eat one time, no, continue to eat. So each time you do that, right? So yes, in a way that was a prophecy, that's why at that time it was, I will do that. But now when we say this, it, it, it's a reminder that his work is continuous. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. So I think the one thing for, for, for us to, 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 to hold on maybe this week is again, that, that asking ourselves that question, are we living according to the old covenant or the new covenant? Do we understand exactly what we have or not? Right? Are we doing things from outside or from the inside? Right? Again, the covenant, the new covenant is mainly internal change, internal change. And if that's not happening, that's why I'm struggling. Because I'm doing things from the outside and I don't see a meaning for that, I'm gonna stop doing it. But but the inside has to be touched. Inside has to be touched. And he's willing, as he said, I will. Three times in one verse and six times in, in, in just a few verses. I will. Verses again, but we will in the old testament. You see the, the contrast between us. Any other questions? Thank you all. We'll continue next Friday, God willing. So, wow, we finished one chapter in one time. It's good. I like that. Impressive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I forewarned you before that. So that's what we'll do. Uh, I don't know what we'll do with Hebrew 11, to be honest with you, because that's, that's my, <laughs> going to be a long time. But uh, hope, hope to apply what we learn, please, again. The, the point is not just to spend some time. It's beautiful to see everybody. It's beautiful to study the word. But it's better to live the word, <laughs> let me see, uh, use, use the, the same language. It's better to, to live it and to experience that and to, to remove the darkness and replace it with light. Okay, let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. For that. Lord, we thank you Lord, for this time. Thank you for uh, the beautiful uh, words that, we, uh, that you give us, Lord, that you're, you're putting it on our hearts, Lord, in our minds, in order to uh, follow you, Lord, with all our hearts, with all our might, with all our strength. Uh, pray, Lord, that you're uh, able to change, Lord, the heart and to really give us that radical transformation, Lord, that, uh, that we come to you, Lord, uh, willingly, Lord, because it's your will, not because we can, but we, you know our weaknesses, you know that we cannot do anything, but we just come to you, Lord, and, uh, and say, Lord, just uh, let your will be done, Lord, as we pray it always in the, 
in the in the Lord's prayer. Lord, let your will be done, Lord. Your will is our sanctification. Your will that uh, you are continuing to work, you continue to minister in the heavenly places, in the holy places, Lord, for each one of us to bring us, Lord, daily to the Father, Lord, by your blood. Thank you for this time. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters. Pray for uh, everyone, Lord, those who are struggling, those who are away from you, those who have no one to remember them, Lord. Through the prayers of all your saints, in your name, Lord, hear us when we pray to you, saying, Our Father who art in heaven. Yeah. My Lord, be thy name. Thank you. Thank you. Go in peace, peace be with you all. Amen. Have a good night, guys. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you. Thank you, Abuna.